everybody. Welcome to New World Pictures Podcast, where we talk about every movie released by New World Pictures. And sometimes we get to talk to the people that made the movies and work behind the scenes. And that's what this episode is. I'm Ryan. With me, as always, is Mark. Hey, sometimes we get to talk about everybody. Sometimes we get to talk about people that made the movies. Sometimes we get to talk about the people that uh, thought about the movie. Sometimes we right? just get to talk to people that watch the movies. Just a guy that bought a ticket for the movie. <laughs> yeah. And we talk to him. But this one, this time, we get to talk about someone that actually was behind the camera. Someone that was involved with many of their movies, right? Many of their movies. Also joining us is Erica. Hey, guys. <laughs> and... <laughs> <laughs> short and sweet <laughs> and um and this week we are talking to rj kaiser when we watched I, I talked about up from the depths at the top of the year with our pal ali davis we were very shocked to find a message from rj kaiser who did the u.s edits for that uh-huh. movie and was like hey i found your podcast because he was like, who talks about Up From The Depths? Nobody. Just us. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, RJ Kaiser, huge resume for New World. And um, Up From The Depths is one of the first things he does, does the U.S. edit. Meaning the movie they shot in the Philippines sent it back. And he did all the cuts that Roger wanted to, to do. So we will get into all of that with him. He also uh, worked on the re-edits that they did for Galaxy 999, uh, which is an anime movie that New World released, which we have not spoken about yet, but we'll get a little bit of information about that movie as well. Plus, uh, we will talk some great stories about Escape from New York, uh, because, of course, after Battle Beyond the Stars, which we will also talk to RJ about, because he was uh, a co-editor on that, James Cameron sold the effects crew that was working in the lumber yard for New World Pictures as the effects crew for uh, Escape from New York. And of course, we're also going to talk about a movie he co-directed, Hell Comes to Frogtown, which we talked about just last week. Mm-hmm. So we're going to talk to him about that, his working relationship with Donald G. Jackson, who was also his co-director, how he came about directing the movie, um, working with Roddy Piper. So we're going to talk about all of that. It is a great conversation. Really great. RJ was so awesome. Oh, and so we are so, you know, when we get to talk to people that work, that work on these movies, we geek out so hard. And it is so wonderful how people have been so generous with us with their time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we had so much fun. We literally talked mm-hmm. to him for a very long time. <laughs> and you won't hear all of it. You will hear more of it later as, as we go down the road. But we just had a great time. RJ is hilarious. He has some incredible stories, fascinating person. He is still working to this day. This guy has had a incredible long career that started in the late seventies and he's still working Mm -hmm. as a sound editor to this day. We are so grateful that he had took time out from his schedule to talk with us about all these movies. So, and when we start this interview, I just have to say we are looking at a jacket, a new world jacket that RJ yes. is showing us where he has the name, the Kai's mm-hmm. <laughs> on the back mm-hmm. and they all have these jackets. And so he's showing us this jacket. This is how we, we start out mm-hmm. uh, our interview with him. Um, so here's us talking to RJ Kaiser. Wow. Wow. Look, <laughs> the Le- 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 Is that the, <laughs> is that the nickname? <laughs> 
Oh, that's so cool. That is a really cool jacket. <laughs> Love it. Where did you where did you get that jacket from? There was one year everyone at New World, we all chipped in and we got jackets. <laughs> that is that's amazing. Awesome. Did so, Roger get one or did you guys not chip in for I, him? I have no idea. I have no <laughs> idea. Uh there was a division at New World. If you were, you know, if you were at the lumber yard, as we called it, which, yeah. was, where, which was the production facility. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that's in Venice, and the Rogers offices were in Brentwood, mm -hmm. which was a 20-minute drive away. So it was kind of, there, there were like two worlds. Okay, did you work, did you work at Brentwood or did you work at the lumber yard? So yep. this was something we did at the lumber yard. Got and, it. I, and I have no idea if people in Brentwood were included or not. Was this That's during amazing. Battle Beyond the Stars? or No, this was after. This was so around like... Galaxy of Terror. It was around that time. Space Raiders time? Yes. yeah, yep. be, be, Between Galaxy of Terror and Space Raiders. Yep. Somewhere, somewhere in there. <laughs> and I, Yeah, I was just going to say, I think I was the one that first responded to your message. And I was just so enthusiastic, so thrilled that you reached out. So thank you, yeah. thank you for reaching oh, out to us. I mean, I, mean, this I is... was, I was just astonished to stumble across a podcast about Up from the Depths. I mean, I was just like, <laughs> <laughs> we loved that movie, though. We loved well, it. <laughs> well, well, I'm glad somebody did. <laughs> <laughs> it just took a little time. You know, it just took yeah. a few yeah. decades. For it had to, to find breathe. The right it's like a good yeah. wine. You have to exactly, let it breathe yes. a bit. It has to breathe. <laughs> I, I can remember the test screening. Uh, we did one test screening of the film. And how Roger worked in those days was you would finish the film. And then you would test it. And then you would trim the negative and make a new yeah. print. And huh. the optical track. You know, that's, that's just how we did it. So we did the screening at the Fox Vine Theater which is, it's called the Fox Vine, but it's on Hollywood Boulevard. Go figure. Um, <laughs> and I remember it was a, it was an early evening screening. It was June of 79. And the movie's going along and it's, everyone's really quiet. Just really quiet. And you could, you could hear a little bit of hor horror film fan excitement at some of the you know, the, the first inklings of blood from somebody getting killed underwater and be like, oh, here it comes. And then like, it, there's nothing, you know, and there's <laughs> nothing and there's nothing. And you know, the audience is just sitting there trying to figure out what is this? And then once we got about halfway into the movie, someone started to giggle. And then another mm -hmm. person laughed. Mm -hmm. And then another person laughed. And soon every line of dialogue was provoked, provoked laughter from the audience mm -hmm, mm -hmm. until by the end of the film, I, I remember there's like the, the supposedly big dramatic moment where the scientist is dying and he says, no, throw me overboard and drag me as bait. And the monsters, <laughs> you know, you know I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll be yeah, the bait yeah. for the monster. Right. The audience roared at that. They just <laughs> roared. <laughs> And I remember afterwards, we I uh, went out in the lobby. I collected the film, and you know, uh, Sirio Santiago was there. Wow! And because uh, Roger had gone on vacation, oh, so he wasn't there. He wasn't there. He wow. was not there. 
So apparently he had promised his wife, you know, okay, you know, they had scheduled some vacation, promised his wife, I'm not going to, you know, bail out. I'm going to go. All right. So he, he supervised the film up until about the point of the, of the, um, the final mix. And then he had gone, finished the final mix. We go, we do the test screening. A bunch of uh, sales executives from New World attended. And we all repaired to a nearby Chinese restaurant. And they all looked at me and they said, what do you think we can do? <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm saying the film is already 74 minutes and 30 seconds long. <laughs> you can't take anything out. Yeah. Right. We're already lying to the theater owners that it's 85 minutes long. It's, you know, and, wow. you know, and they said, well, can we put more shots of the monster in? And I said, every shot of the monster is in the film. Whatever yeah. they shot, of that fish is in the film. There is nothing else besides which I did not have the trims and outs. So, okay. oh, so when, when they asked you that of like, what can we do? Are they asking you like, how can we make it longer or how, how can we make, how can we make it scarier? Scarier. How we, okay. Scarier. All right. How can yeah. we make it scarier? You know, and it's like, okay, you know, Roger, as I learned from other years working with Roger, is that if anybody in the audience laughs at anything, regardless of whether it's intentional or not, he puts it down in his notebook and we take it out. <laughs> it goes out of the film. Because <laughs> he says anything that cues the audience to laugh will uh, encourage others. Yeah. And yeah. our films live on a line between ridiculous and and sublime and you know if, if you give them the inch to go into ridiculous run, then they'll take it so yeah and what you're saying is you didn't have the trims because it was edited initially in the philippines right and then exactly then it got sent to you so you didn't have anything extra right exactly all i had was literally what was in of the cut that they sent from the philippines but it was longer, was it not? When it when you got yes, it? it was longer. It was about probably eighty six to eighty seven minutes long when okay. I got it. Not substantially longer. Not Just substantially longer. Well, not, no, with that film, boy, ten minutes makes a big deal. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, when when we watched the long version, I mean, it was you know you you felt like you were watching you know, Heaven's Gate. I mean, it was, it just, <laughs> it just took forever to get to it. It's like, you see, every, every, we were always looking at our watches. How long is this movie? You know, <laughs> the scenes would just go on and on and on and on. And, you know, Do you remember at all what you cut out? Do you remember anything that you maybe No, not, not really. See, here's, because here's what the problem was. I guess Roger demanded, uh, he insisted that they send the cut that they had at that time to Los Angeles. And this is during the time of the Marcos regime in the Philippines. So there was a heavy censorship thing on motion picture work leaving or going into the Philippines. Mm. So what that meant was they had to take their, their color print, their work print, go to the lab, have them shoot it as a negative, and then not develop it. And right. then seal seal the cans as exposed negative, you know, to be to be going to the lab to be to be processed. 
Mm-hmm. Then mm-hmm. you could leave, it would go through the country without having to go through the whole customs thing. Got it. Wow. And so, so the so wow. uh, and the soundtrack they transferred to quarter inch tape. So the whole thing was to make it look like this is stuff that we just shot in the Philippines that we're sending to LA to be processed. Right. Because mm-hmm. right. the companies in LA, and that would go through customs and security with no problem. Got it. So. The stuff arrives from the Philippines. I open up the box, and then here's all this stuff with sealed pins and everything. And I had to take it to the lab. They had to take it into the dark room, open it up, and they confirmed, yes, it's exposed negative. We have to develop it and print it. So I had to wait a day for them to, to print <laughs> to print the thing. Uh-huh. So it was a black and white, it was a black and white copy. Right. Because Roger to, always wanted you guys to edit on black and white rather than color because it was cheaper to. Because it was cheaper. Although that was around the time when the Los Angeles film labs said we're, it's no longer cheaper. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. You know, we, we're, we're set up for doing color. If you want dailies, if you want stuff right away, color. You want okay. us to give you, we'll give you a black and white, but you're going to have to wait two, three, four, you know, two or three days mm-hmm. before you get it. So finally, that's when he, you know, he says, oh, all right, you know, okay, you know, highway robbery. All right. Yeah, blah, blah. And, <laughs> you know, all right. So then we got, we Very got color. Roger statement. <laughs> yeah. We got, we got color. We got color do. I mean, color uh, work print. So anyway, in this particular case, it was black and white. I had to wait. The, the soundtrack had been transferred to quarter inch tape. So I had to take it to writer sound, get a transfer of the mag. Then I had to go and sync it up. And it's like, it was interesting. It was like, I don't know if Chuck did this deliberately or not, but the track would go out of sync with the picture. With oh, every reel. Uh, with no. every reel. It would, it would be like either too long or too short. <laughs> oh, I was having to go, you know, every 300 feet, I would have to figure out what's, what's, how much are we off by, put in the slug or take something out to pull it back up. So, you know, it took forever to get this thing built and set and, up. And was the sound, did you have to redo the sound at all once it was in the States? Or did you just have to use what you were sent in terms of the sound? I would, We had to use what was sent. But then um, when we were finished, we hired, Roger hired these two sound editors who were based at Universal. And they were they would take, they would take moonlighting jobs. Okay. And so they agreed to do uh, a sound editing job, you know, add, add more sound effects and 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 okay. split, the, split the dialogue and do all that kind of stuff. And uh, so they did that. Um, they had like three weeks, I think, to work on it. Okay. Uh, but it's a very you know minimal sound mm-hmm. job. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So anyway, so we, yeah, we get the thing, we watch the film, and Roger comes, uh, you know, comes and says, "Okay, you know, you gotta, you, you gotta work this thing. You, you gotta take all the fat out." Yeah. Which of course, okay, fine, but what if the whole film is fat? What do you? <laughs> <laughs> there is now, a substantial amount of fat in that movie. There, there, so that's now, not a lie. <laughs> right. So first he, uh, first he sent Francis Dole over to watch it with me. Francis the story editor for the story Pictures. editor at the time. Yep. Mm-hmm. So she's uh, Francis comes over. She's watching it, and she is totally like, "I don't know what to do with this." <laughs> <laughs> and finally, you know, we we get we get about 
four reels in, this was thousand foot reels. We get about four reels in and she just sort of says, you know, I, I, I don't know what to do with this. You're on your own. Good luck. Oh, no. <laughs> and she leaves. <laughs> so so oh, finally, no. Roger, you know, so I, I go back to Roger and say, you know, Roger, nothing makes much sense in this movie. And he says, all right, I'll come by. I'll sit down with you. We, we start, we go, we run through the reels. And he says, take this out, take this out. Take this out, 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 take this out. All right, so he goes and we do a cut. You know, we spend about several days. We, we trim the whole thing down. And we get it down to about 76 minutes. Then Chuck has finished his final cut in the Philippines, and he sends the material over to Roger, to, the, to L.A. And Roger says, all right, you just take your black and white version that we have worked on, and you just conform the final color to match that well of course the problem is all this time chuck has been recutting the film right. over in the philippines and now his cut bears very little relationship to the black and white version that he sent you know many weeks before sure. right and i'm sitting there you know i got shots that are brand new you know that were not in that version that i i got scenes that have been moved around that's been moved to that reel. That's been moved back to that reel. It's like, and I'm going through trying to, to conform all this stuff up and it's taking me forever. And of course, Roger's getting impatient because, you know, he has this deadline of going on vacation. You know, what is, <laughs> right. what is taking you so long? And it's like, and I'm trying to explain to him. So it doesn't match, Roger. You say it's, yeah, it's not. Well, it's very simple. You just find what the things, you just line them up and you just put it together. And it's like, well, Finding these things is taking a long time, Roger, because that shot is now over here and this shot is in that reel and that shot's now in that reel. And, you know, it's it's uh, it's taking a while. I'm sorry. Yeah. And uh, finally, oh finally, it was like gosh. we abandoned we abandoned that start from scratch, running the color color thing. And I remember he makes this one trim that just to this day still astonishes me. It's it's when um, Kendrick Kendrick Wolf. Who plays yeah. the, a hotel owner? Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Mr. Forbes. Yep. Mr. Forbes. Yes, and he's walking along a long line of tables of guests. Yeah, and he's yep, sure. Saying something to each one as he walks along. Okay. Yep. And they're in the, the the guests are in the foreground, sort of half silhouette, and he's you know he's there in the in mid range of the shot, and he goes along and he goes along. We walked, and it's a long shot. We walk, we watch this, and Roger says, Okay, here's what we do go back to the first guy he talks to. And I go, Yeah, okay. Now, when he turns, mark that, right? Okay. Now go down to the last guy he talks to. Okay, find the part where he turns right before he talks to the last guy. And they go, Okay, match that cut, match the cut, cut on the action <laughs> of the turn, and we can get rid of five tables in between. <laughs> so wow. when you watch the shot, you will see the foreground just suddenly like you know, boom, it, it just changes <laughs> because it's. It, but you know, Kendrick's move is smooth, but the yeah. foreground radically changes. Right, right, but we've, right. we've taken out five, five little inane bits of conversation with 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 those <laughs> with those guests. Wow. Did you ever talk to uh, Chuck Griffith? Because I I no. know he was fairly upset with uh, the changes, but it sounds like the changes were based on, you know, he was making cuts, but you had a different print and then Roger had a vacation. And so and there it is. And so you just, <laughs> and, you know, Roger just wanted to get from top to bottom. And uh, 
he had this notion, you know, because Piranha was so successful, mm -hmm. he kept thinking that we should replicate or duplicate how the fish attacked in Piranha and do that in Up From the Depths. Right. And I'd seen Piranha. And I said, yeah, but Roger, Piranha are, you know, they're, they're little fish. Right. That, right. Are, right. Right. that are swarming the yeah, victim yeah. and yeah. going, yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah. we got this big fish that right. theoretically in one gulp could take out half of a person. Yeah. And it's not it's not a nibble, 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 nibble. It's a big yo gump. And and he was just like, no, 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 you have to you have to have all you have to nibble. They have to nibble. And it's like, all right. So we hired a you know, we hired a local cinematographer. We got a we found a swimming pool, we filled it up with full we built a little set under the water. We tried to do pickup shots with um a fish puppet on an arm. So a guy in a scuba suit got down with this fish puppet on an arm and he would like, we get the water really thick with Fuller's earth. So you couldn't see a huge amount of detail, but he would sure just right. sort of swing his arm past the camera yeah. doing all different directions, coming at it, going away, going by, going this. And, yep. and we tried <laughs> to add that into it and then just added a lot of agitated water and a lot of mm -hmm. bubbles and put a lot of red ink in with it to make it look like blood and, the last, the very last shot of uh, the movie wow. is is was shot down in San Pedro. Um, mm -hmm. We got we got the actress agreed to go down, and we had a, a a double for Sam Bottoms because you only see the back of the head. Note, you oh, know, wow, when, right? okay, when it pops up. You only see okay. the back of the heads. So we didn't have Sam because Sam, I think, was still in the Philippines. Might have been, yeah. Wow. Wow. All right, and so huh. we had we had uh, her, Pamela something or other anyway so you know she wasn't happy about going into the water in san pedro probably uh, probably a little cold right yeah it was very cold <laughs> yes and anyway you know so we got the shot and then we had that weird test screening and so what did and you that, do after the test screening like how did nothing. you i i basically said you know i don't know what else to do with this okay you know, there's no other footage of fish there's no other footage of big teeth there's no other thing we can do to build up the scare we've done we've we've done whatever we could with the with the new footage that we shot i mean i don't know what else to do with this yeah um, it's interesting that you'd said that you'd used all the footage of the fish because that was something that in our episode we talked about like show us more of it i felt like maybe i i had a theory or in my head at least that like roger was kind of didn't want to show it too much because it looked a little. I know Chuck Griffith said that that, that fish didn't really yeah, work it terrible, and it yeah. didn't look good, so he didn't have a whole lot to with it. But I thought, oh, maybe they should have just added more, like just live with it. But there's actually you're saying there's none. There wasn't any to put in, else to put in. There was nothing else to put in. That's it. That's it. You, you know, whatever wow. whatever shots you see of the big fish in the film, that's literally all there was. So wow. they may have had more. In the right, Philippines, right. they may have had more shots, uh, but I never saw those. We never, wow. we never received that. You know, what Roger trip. never, Roger never contacted them and said, "Send us the trims and outs." No, it mm -hmm. was just. And Roger is giving you direction on what to edit. Did was he satisfied with the final cut? Did he look at it and say, "That's that's that's what we want to go with"? Y yes and no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Tell me because, more. <laughs> because 
when when Roger would do his cut, it there never seemed to be an issue of dramatic structure or comic timing or character, you know, character arc. None of that ever was never never was discussed, never seemed to be an issue. Right. It was a question of time. How long is the movie? Mm -hmm. Always his first question when he when you would when you know when any other movie you would come in to show the first cut to him, and you go to his little screening room at his office in Brentwood, and you know the first first words out of his mouth are okay how long is the film how long is the cut, and you would say you know where we're at we're at you know ninety seven or we're at you know ninety five minutes, and you would go okay very good okay let's watch it and then always his his goal seemed to be to get the thing down. So that it would fit on four theatrical reels, right? Because right. then it would go in one shipper. Mm -hmm. Because if you were over that, you had to go into two shippers. Mm -hmm. That's that's much yep. more money. You know, <laughs> yeah, that's that's a waste of money. Get it down there. <laughs> so <laughs> everything you sort of learned about reel changes. Where's where's the correct spot to put a reel change? We're going from one scene to another scene. So that way, if there's any color mismatch in the lab. You're disguised because it's it's a different it's a different environment that you're cutting to mm. that you're switching to. With him, no, you pack the reel, and if you're in the middle, you're in the middle of a shot counter shot dialogue scene. Sorry, that's the end of that reel. <laughs> so the guy sends he, he says his outgoing line at the end of that reel, and the answer is at the beginning of the incoming reel. He's got to pack it in. Got to pack, pack it in. in. Uh... Pack it up. Pack it up. Get it up. Get it up. You know, he wanted the film just just right up against the edge of the top of the reel. Yeah. So just about to spill over. I mean, I would have I would bring things to projectionists and they would take the reel out and it would literally it would be spilling over the top. And he's like, you know, what the hell are you guys? And he's like, up, oh, just just roll it up and just hang it and run it. Yeah. <laughs> no. I remember, I remember right up from the depths when I went to the theater and I bring a brand new print and I, you know. Brand new printed, a brand new shipper from from MGM Labs, which was like, you know, was a primo lab at right. the time. And bring it up to the projectionist. And he and the, I pull out the reels and they hand it to the projectionist. And he just gives me hell. He says, how come it's not on course? God damn it. Now I got to wind this thing off. I got to wind it back. And I got to wind it this. I got to do that. And I got get, to get, get on course. What are you doing bringing this to me on reels? Don't you know anything? What if they're warped? What if they're bent? They're going to break my projector. And they weren't warped. They weren't bent. They were fine. You know, finally he'd like to say, oh, yeah, I guess he's okay. And he yeah, yeah. Them up and he ran the show. But boy, I mean, I was, wow. he just read me one. <laughs> he said, I'm just delivering the real man. It's just, just... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway. So, so how did you get this job then? Because I know you had just moved to LA essentially around the time yes. that you you went down for the death. So how did you get how did you get the job in the first place? I had been to a few parties uh locally in the Venice area and Marianne Fisher was there at the parties. Yep. And one of my one of my friends from NYU introduced me to her at one at one of these parties. Oh okay. And so um you know, and she said, "Oh, you're you're a film editor," and, and you know, I said, "Yeah, yeah, I'm looking to looking to get started." And says, "Okay, well, I'll keep that in mind." Well, apparently, whenever this up from the depths project came, I found out much later that none of the regulars at New World wanted to touch this film with a ten foot pole. 
they they knew they knew, you know apparently the, the 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 rupture between Roger and Chuck Griffith was mm-hmm. was already well known. Oh really? Okay. In, in, in the community, and so it was like every all the regulars like you know, I'm not I'm not getting in the middle of this. This is a yeah. this is yeah. this is just going to be painful. Right. So I so I think probably Marianne was probably calling up you know the usual suspects. And the usual suspects were all saying, "Oh, gee, I got to get my hair done. All right, you know, I gee, I got a, I got a root canal. I got to get done. I, I don't think I can do this." And uh, so that's how I got the job. So finally, it was like, "Tag your it." And, and apparently, you did a good job because you immediate. Did you immediately then do? Did he hire you to do Galaxy Express nine 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 or? Now that came a little bit later. Um, I got uh, when I finished. When we delivered up from the depths, and then I got hired back at the end of July to cut a trailer for up from the depths. Okay, so, so you cut the trailer. Okay, so I cut the trailer. So you know the the shots of piranha that are in the trailer. Yep. That was that was. Um, <laughs> I remember I was kind of like I went to Joe Dante and I said, you know, this this thing is laying here like a lox. What what can what else can I do? And he said, ah, throw some piranha stuff in it. You know that's okay. <laughs> all right, all right, fine. So I got some shots from Piranha and threw that in it. No one's gonna know. Um, uh, then that when that that was like two or three weeks, and then that was done. And then I got a job uh, cutting a movie called We're All Crazy Now, which was an independent show that starred Joan Jett. Okay. And uh, it also starred Peter Noon from Hermit's Hermits mm-hmm. and Artie Johnson from um uh, La- uh Roman and Martin's Laughing. Okay. And the director was Barney Gerard. So we start the show and it becomes very evident that Barney is a serious alcoholic. Oh. And he would like he'd always invite say, Oh, come on to the set and have lunch and we'll talk. And I would get to the set at lunch and he was already three sheets to the wind. Sure. And it was like, oh, I don't want to talk. Yeah, well, no, just have some lunch. We'll talk later. You know, well, well, so he was cutting in the camera. Mm. And I mean, literally cutting in the camera so that it would be if you had a shot, counter shot, two people talking, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. he would shoot character one saying line one. All right. Set up on character two. Oh boy. Move all the lights. Light character two. Character two says their line. Okay, take down the lights. Reset the lights over here. Let's shoot character one. They shoot the next light. All right, oh, cut. that's great. And we're doing it. So they're just. Uh, that's going to take no, forever. There was no continuity. There was no, I mean, you know, he would like, a person would start to reach for the doorknob, cut, pick up the action with them already in the corridor, you know, yep. closing the door. It was all kinds of stuff like that. And uh, I'm a new kid. I don't know very much. And the, uh, the DP and the production supervisor come to me and said, is this thing going to cut together? And I say, boy, it sure doesn't look like it. <laughs> and, uh, and they said, well, you got to tell the producer. And the producer was, was just the guy who owned a bunch of uh, 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 car washes in town. And so they 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 bring the they bring the car wash guy in and they they sit him down in front of me and I'm trying to explain to him that the the cutting continuity of this is not going very well and you know I don't know how well this is going to end up when we're all said and done 
So sure enough, you know, the car wash guy goes to Barney and says, you know, you know, you know what your editor just told me. So, you know, the, uh, I, I think I had the conversation with the guy at, at 10 o'clock in the morning on a Saturday and at four o'clock that afternoon, I get a call from Barney, you're fired. Mm -hmm. So the movie continued that way, continued on Ugh. that way. You know, Barney hired one of his friends, uh, an editor who was also an alcoholic. Because I know this because my that they kept my assistant editor, the person I hired, oh, okay. as a, they, they kept them on and I would kind of find out here stories. Anyway, so here's a case where, as you know, when you do a first cut on a movie, that's usually the longest version of the movie that ever is. Right. Okay. The very first cut of this movie when it was finished was 73 minutes. <laughs> no. so, nothing left to cut out not a lot to work with from that yeah. point you're like well That's okay right. i hope oh, that right. so is good film, so the film never never got released but it did i understand got incorporated into another weird film in the 80s called dubidio which okay. I, which I have never seen. No. But anyway, okay. that's where some of the footage ended up. So because like it's a movie about the making of a movie, and uh, anyway, so I did that. That was that. Then I did a do uh, worked on a documentary, and then in the winter time of '79, I got hired for Galaxy Express. And you were the second editor hired. Second editor. First one was Skip Skolnick. And do you remember at all what? What was your task on that? Because the, I, th this was one that like the original cut is like almost two hours or the Japanese version. And then it's like right. trimmed down again to Roger's specifications of 85 <laughs> yes. minutes. <laughs> yes. It had already been trimmed. It wasn't two hours when I, when I got on it, but it was like an hour and a half. Okay. Or something like that. It was, it had already been worked through. And Roger wanted me to take out anything Japanese. Oh, wow. Hmm. All right. Okay. So anything with Japanese characters, any signs, you know, any street signs, any signs on buildings, anything in Japanese characters, get rid of it. And I'm watching this thing. And it's like, well, again, if, if I take all that out, there's not a whole heck of a lot left <laughs> because there's oh some kind of signage, you know, in a lot of, in a lot of the shots. And again, I was, puzzled because you know the the affection or or or, or the you know the fan base for a japanese anime ha had begun you know it was sure, going yeah. on and and it just seemed like why, why you know because roger was always doing that uh oh we shot in the philippines but we're going to say it was shot in hawaii so mm -hmm. anything anything that looks has filipino writing in the background take out because we you know we, we're selling the notion that we shot this thing in hawaii right right so all the crew names have to be anglicized. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, everything. Everybody's cha changed all their names from Filipino names and just give them American names um, in the credits. So we, you know, so okay, here's this thing where he says, "Well, well, what are you trying to do, Roger?" And he says, "Well, yeah, it's just going to be a science fiction cartoon. You know, it's it's. I, I don't want it to. I don't want it to be Jap. Them think that it's Japanese." Again, it like it, it it made no sense to me, and I knew <laughs> right, that Galax right. I knew that Galaxy Express was actually a popular, right, popular item in the mm -hmm. world. You know, in, in that world, and so it was. I just went through and tried to pace it up, just go through and pace up. And luck luckily, you know, with animation, you know, there'd be there'd be a close up uh, of a character that would just hang there. 
you know, while the music is, is playing, you know, it's like, well, okay, I can take, I can cut this in half because, mm -hmm. and, you know, trim the music later, but, you know, I can just right. cut this in half and, there, you know, you, you won't be able to tell because there's no, there's no movement, absolutely no movement going on. Uh, right. So, uh, so I went through and I did just a trim pass and then, then uh, Battle Beyond the Stars came up. And you were and, hired, uh, you were hired to, to, Co-edit on that one, right? Co-edit on that one, and, and you cut you cut the middle of it. Well, what happened was, yes, I was originally assigned to cut the middle of it, and uh, Alan was, you know, to do the beginning and the end, and I was supposed to cut the middle. And we got several months in, and then that all changed, and then suddenly, then it was I was responsible for the first half, and Alan was responsible for the second half. Then, then everything got re reassigned. Okay. Battle Beyond the Stars is a Rashomon event. Uh, <laughs> if anyone was going to do a real thorough history of the making of that movie, you would have to talk to just about everybody who worked on it. <laughs> everybody who worked on it would be telling you a different story. Hmm. It was, it was, it's a movie made by a committee. Right. You know, right. Yeah. Because yeah, there, yeah. there was no one person in right. charge of anything. Right. Um, poor uh, uh, Jimmy Murakami. I mean, he was just uh, just overwhelmed. Uh, he was coming from animation. So this was his first live action film. Yes. And he was just. It was a, it was a snake pit of ambition. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody was trying to say, "Hey Roger, look at me. Look what I can do." Right. And Jimmy was just sort of, you know, let's put the camera here. No, no, no. We're going to put it over here. Oh, okay. All right. And it was all it was it was just crazy. Just absolutely crazy. And and Roger was spending more money than he was used to spending. Of course, it was a co-production. Comfortable spending. Yes, more correct. Yeah, yeah, right. Uh, yeah. Even though half the money was Orion. Um, but right. Well, he, actually, uh, you know, of course, what the deal is. That um, the original plan was $5 million. Yeah. Right. Orion right. putting up two and a half, Roger putting up two and a half. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, okay. Orion will put up two and a half. We'll make the money movie for two and a half. And that means we're in profit right away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. You know, and, and I've, you know, he did that again on Galaxy of Terror. You know, that was United Artists. They put up, you know, and again, the whole deal is okay, they're putting up half the money. Well, we make the movie for that half. Right. That right. way of we're course. in profit right away. Right. Mm. Of course. So, mm. So while we're on Orion's part of the budget, Roger's barely around. You know, mm -hmm. he's, he's sort of sight unseen. You know, mm -hmm. he pops in every now and then. And how are things going? Oh, I, 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 it was fairly low key. And then there was a point, and I, I want to say April, suddenly he was on a tear. And yeah. he was furious with everyone. And, and all, all I can figure was, Oh, we must have we must have finished spending Orion's money at that point, and we're nowhere <laughs> and we're nowhere near being finished. 
ah, okay. And so, so uh, it, well, the the fact that you were Orion's money had run out, and you're nowhere close to being finished. Is that because Orion's money was never going to cover the ambition of the movie? Or was it just that committee that you're talking about that just stalled the process and slowed everything down? I have no idea. Hmm. I honestly hmm. don't know. I don't know. I suspect it's the latter. Uh, the fact that there was no real person that had a plan yeah. for how to get this thing through. Right. Mm -hmm. um, you had the visual effects department. Right. Was, they were they were not revealing their work, nor did they really finish it on time. Right. And or finish what, it really. <laughs> well, they they had this. What I what I sort of pieced together afterwards was that they had this concept of uh, that laser beams aren't visible. Right. right. So if you got a ray gun, you're just you're just going to fight. You. We have a sound effect, uh, and maybe the tip of the gun will glow, uh, but the spaceships you'll just they'll just fire laser beams. You'll hear them, but you won't see them. Uh, the sky of a keir will be black, so we can always just double expose a spaceship into the sky. We don't have to mm -hmm. worry about holdout mats. So mm -hmm. they had this whole thing of. Original photography, original photography for the for right. the visual effects. So everything everything was about not going to the optical printer, not not doing an optical at all. There was just a whole thing of that, and I think the problem became, and it's probably partly my fault because that previous Christmas holiday, I had gone up north to where my current girlfriend was working she was on empire strikes back and she got me a tour of ilm mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. i got a tour and i could see the <laughs> models what they were, <laughs> what they were doing uh -huh. <laughs> you know and i said okay they're coming out may 20 something yeah we're coming out july originally we were supposed to come out july 3rd or something like that um and you know, and when I when I got on Battle Beyond the Stars and I looked at what what we were doing, it was like we're going to get blown out of the water. <laughs> we, we, we're not going to be. Yeah. We're just going to be wiped out. Because when we put the film, we started putting the film together, and you know the way it was designed, and it really just was unimpressive. Mm -hmm. You know, because you know, all right, you know, you, you, it's it's like. You know, if they if they have a hand pistol that's supposed to be a ray gun and they and they pull the trigger, there's nothing. You know, and then they have a squib go off on the land, like boof. Yeah. And you're going, yeah, but the gun wasn't even pointing over there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so so you know, even even with the concept. Right. That there's no <laughs> laser beam, but it, it didn't yeah. work. You know, because right. you're not even you're not even pointing the gun. Or the squib is not lined up to where the gun is pointing. I mean, it's like, what is this? Right. Um, right. Goodness. So basically, I said, well, why don't we put some laser beams in? You know, let's let's get some kind of a beam on yeah. this thing. Yeah. And uh, let, let's do something because otherwise, we don't know what's going on. We right. just don't know. And when we we started cutting, you know, we started putting in the spaceship shots 
into the thing. And you're going from a star field to 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 a star field and to a star field. And it's like, okay, well, aren't we aren't we at another planet by this star field? But how do you know? How do we know which star field we're and we're we don't know where we are? So then I start doing wipes. Because you can't do a dissolve, because if you do a dissolve, it's just you you can't tell. Yeah. I say, okay, let's start doing wipes. Okay, now we're doing opticals. So now we're now we're doing we're going a generation away. We're doing this whole thing that the whole show was designed not to do. Mm. So now we're doing rotoscope. Now we're doing beam. Now we're going to an optical house. Now we're doing all this stuff. And it's like suddenly now we got costs are starting to to really sure. accelerate. And yeah. And uh partly it's my fault. Uh, because I just sat there saying, I know I can't follow the story because I don't know where anything is. And they were not, we kept telling the visual effects people, do you, do we have all the shots that are approved? And they kept saying, yes, you have all the shots, which was about 40. Right. But there was like supposed to be hundreds, right? There's supposed to be 320, <laughs> 330. Right. And Meanwhile, every few days we we're screening a cut for Roger, right? And Roger is sitting there getting very impatient, saying, mm -hmm. "I where are where are the spaceship shots?" Right. And we said, "Roger, we, we they're all in there. Everything we got, we've put in." Right. And he said he starts yelling at me, and, he's, and uh, he says, "Well, I don't understand. I have a piece of paper here that says they have shot 300, 300 spaceship shots." And you've, I've been just seeing the same 40 now for the past two weeks. Yeah. Where's the other 260 shots? He got really, he got really red in the face and, and right in my face one day about this. And unfortunately, there was a feud going on between Alan and Chuck Comiskey, the head of the visual effects department. You know, right. there, there, was, there was a feud going on between the two. Mm -hmm. So I go down to talk to Tony Randall, who was the assistant visual effects editor. I said, give me the shot reports that Roger's talking about. And he pulls down this clipboard and I start going through it. I'm looking through it, looking through it. And sure enough, you know, it's saying, you know, the, the very last sheet, you know, final, you know, final total number of shots to date, 300. And I start reading it. I start going back and I, you know, I'm walking back in time, back to the beginning. Mm -hmm. And I suddenly realize what's going on is if there are four elements to a shot at the end of the at the bottom of the sheet shots completed four ah, well there's only yeah. one shot but there right. are four elements to that ah, shot okay okay you know you got a star field you got a planet you got a rocket ship you got maybe uh, another planet like the set that they set up that they're saying that's the, all the elements right yes yeah. so i got four elements i have four shots and so this this counting peculiarity is continuous mm -hmm. until you get to okay 300 well no there's 300 elements that they have created but when i boiled it down it says yeah but there's only 40 shots right 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 <laughs> so uh and i had to sit down with marianne and i go through this with marianne i walk her through the same analysis i show her how it starts and how it follows, I walk her through the whole thing, and she's there. Oh, oh my God, you gotta tell Roger. 
<laughs> my, and my heart, my heart sinks. It's like, oh, yeah. all right, okay, oh, let's no. go tell Roger. All right, so we go to Brentwood, go into Roger's office. Mary answers, Roger, you got to, you know, just listen to Bob. He's going to walk you through it. You know, so, so I go and I, I do the whole dog and pony act here. And you start here, Roger. You go to here, you go to here, you go to here. We get to the end. And of course, Roger is now like, oh my God, this is outrageous. This is, you know, and he's, he's furious. Turns to Marianne and says, get me Chuck Comiskey on the phone. So, you know, okay, you know, hold, hold for Roger. And I had just said to Roger, says, look, Roger, you're going to, you're going to, you know, you know, I got to go back there. Right, right. So right. I got to go back there. So, you know, how are you going to do this? Says, don't worry, Bob. Don't worry. I won't, I won't mention your name at all. Okay. That's on the phone. Chuck, Roger. I've got Bob Kaiser here and he's just told me. <laughs> oh, boy. And it's just, you know, I just go, I just go like that. And it's like, you know, and uh, you know, Marianne is just kind of sitting there horror stricken. Roger and Chuck have a big argument. And, and you know, so it's like, oh, so I get up, I get up and say, all right, I'm going back to the cutting room. Marianne comes over and whispers in my ear, I am so sorry. I'm so sorry. And I go, yeah, yeah, yeah. And of course, you know, I get go back to the cutting room, drive back. You know, I'm there in the cutting room. And, you know, sure enough, you know, I hear steps coming up. Uh, footsteps coming up the stairs to where my cutting rail bump, 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 bump. There's Chuck Comiskey, and he just hears into me for an hour and a half, nonstop, just roaring, angry. <laughs> All I did is I just sat there and looked at him and let him roar, let him go on, because, well, you got caught, Chuck. Sorry, you tried to pull a fast one, and you got caught. And the only reason why you got caught is because I got yelled at by Roger because right. he, you were telling him there are 300 shots mm -hmm. and they're not. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. So I'm sorry, but there you go. Um, and then at some point, Chuck quit. He quit. Some say he was fired, but I think he quit. He just said, you know, I mean, okay. life's too short. I'm out of here. And that was in May. And then Marianne says, uh, I got Roger on the phone for you. You got to talk to him. And it's like, Bob, Roger, okay, you're in charge now. Get the film done. I don't care how you do it. Just get the film done. Click. Wow. So, so wow. I mean, and you're <laughs> supposed to open in July. So. We're supposed to open early July, you know, right. early right. July. Wow. So, and we're looking at, you know, the whole space battle at the end of the film. There are two yeah. space battles. There was almost nothing right really for that and so basically what we did was you know we had just all these shots of of ships going left to right right to left left to right right to left you know away from camera towards camera you know yep. over the head yep. you know under you know we just had a whole bunch of these shots and so it was just like you know alan just sat down with all that stuff and says well okay here we go and we got cutaways to the to the pilots all right we'll just we'll just build we'll just hey. build a, a, a battle out of nothing, really. Out of yeah. nothing, and so he just cut this whole thing, and then we had to, you know, okay, we got to, we got to, we got to pull an IP, we got to pull a registered IP of all this stuff, and then we got to draw laser beams, and we got to animate them, and we got to then composite them, and by that point, we had rented an optical printer, and we had we had set it up in one of the rooms 
in the lumber yard, we had an optical crew doing lineup and, and wedges and, and everything, and we were shooting our own opticals. We had complicated opticals, so we, we jobbed out to, to formal houses, but you know, very simple stuff we were doing in-house. Then the lab, then when we got into negative cutting, and then the lab couldn't couldn't find the negative, and they were so there was like a three wow. three week period of absolute gut wrenching, fearsome terror of <laughs> what are we gonna? Where could this stuff be? Yeah, where could this be? And I kept, and remember, I kept telling uh, Ruben was the guy was our was our contact guy, and I said it had to has as have you looked in the dupe room? Because everything went to the dupe room to make a dupe negative. Have you checked the dupe room? Yes, we've checked the dupe room. We've checked the dupe room. We checked the dupe room. Okay, well, finally, we we found some weird. What did we find? Uh, oh, we found uh, a dupe. Oh, we found the IP that we pulled for the rotoscopes, and so. At the last minute, so we'll tell you what we'll sh we'll pull a new IN off the IP. We'll shoot it. We'll we'll wedge it. We'll develop it. We'll get that done. And uh, we need to we need to run it four times. We need to make four INs because that's how many times each shot got used again. So we'll pull that. Ran back to the negative cutters at MGM. We dropped all the shots in. The last shot had been spliced into the last reel when a guy walked out with a with a hand truck. With a whole bunch of film on it, and said, "Hey, look what I just found in the dupe room." Oh, <laughs> oh my god! And it was the negative. We had just gone crazy oh. and, and done all this replication, and and the head negative cutter turned to me and says, "Well, do you want us to swap out what we just cut in with this stuff?" And I just said, "Nope, we're done. We're done. It's midnight. We're done. Yeah, let's put put it into the yeah. soup and let's go." Yeah. Wow. Wow, that's amazing. So that I, I lost 25 pounds on that show. <laughs> mm -hmm. Just just out of sheer worry. Mm -hmm. All right. So hold on. I, so I'm just I'm just gonna write this down. That's what I need to do to lose 25 pounds. <laughs> okay, hold on. Hold on. That's it. <laughs> just the pressure for absolute, from yep, absolute panic and terror. That'll yeah. that'll make you lose weight. And so you stayed at the lumberyard though for a while working there because you guys then worked on and now this is a movie that Mark and I uh grew up loving, which is Escape from New York. And he gave yes. me this book, which is all about the making of Escape from New York. And I was just looking at it today and and Yes, there's the famous photo. Mm hmm There yep. you are. Yes. Mm-hmm. There I is. Uh, working <laughs> on the special effects, which yes. the the story I have heard, and so you know, cor correct me if I'm wrong, but that it was actually James Cameron sort of pitched you guys as a team to work on the film on on Escape from New York. Correct, that's correct. Okay, and this is and this so, is an, another picture of you there as well. Yes, blocking oh, light yeah. as you guys blocking are getting light. Yeah, we had yeah. to do some. I had, I had to flag a light and. and and be able to move it. I had to like do a kind of weird thing with the with the flag. As yeah. you guys are getting a shot of New York, one of the background shots there. Yes. Uh of the bridge and everything. Um of the Brooklyn Bridge. Uh so so you guys all got he basically guys wrapped you guys into doing that. And I think at that point that you guys were also moving into Galaxy of Terror, but you were also working on Escape from New York a little bit. 
Well, it overlapped. Yes, it yeah, overlapped. But, because I, I had also heard a story of John Carpenter coming and doing a couple shots of maybe close-ups, like little insert close-ups, while you were also shooting Galaxy of Terror at the at the uh, at the lumberyard. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I believe that's true. Um, but you you were in charge of the visual effects. You were the supervisor. I was just right? I was I was just a yeah I was like a a project foreman. Okay. That's really it because Comiskey had gone. Right. Comiskey had left, and they was there was there was um, I can't say that there was a a, a, a struggle over who was going to run the place. That that's the wrong way to put it. But let's just say that there were factions in the group that would not stick together if certain parties became the person in charge. Okay. 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 So in order to keep the peace and to get the job done, apparently my name was floated before all these people and said, well, what if he coordinated it all? Would that be fine? And they all said, okay, we're fine with him. So then they approached. So I was approached by Marianne and said, "You know, we got it. We got another weird job for you. Would you like to stick <laughs> around and head this up and 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 help us get this picture done?" So basically, yeah, I was just uh, you know a, a supervisor, but I didn't have a huge amount of creative input or anything. You know, there the the uh, storyboards were delivered to us by Joe Alts. You know, that was already right. designed and pre-approved and delivered and. He was the production had, designer and would be yeah. the production designer for Jaws too, right? And yes. uh, and would yes. eventually direct, I think, the third one, right? Yes. Jaws 3D. yes. So basically, so that that's it. I was just there to 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 coordinate to get the to get make sure everybody was doing their particular part of for whatever shot had to be done. And again, this was part of the reason why the crew got the job was because uh, Carpenter wanted to do this without opticals, without resorting to optical composites. So everything wanted to be, everything had to be original negative. Okay. And so that's why we got it because Cameron had convinced Carpenter that, that this crew knew how to do that kind of work. Because okay. that's what they were, because that's what they were doing on Battle mm-hmm. Beyond the Stars. Right. Even though ultimately we, we, we didn't do that. <laughs> right, you were just saying you did do opticals. <laughs> yes, we did a ton of opticals. <laughs> um, the original plan, though, was to not do the opticals. Right, was not to right. do them. Right. Um, there's mean, a oh, shot. Let, let, let me go back. I mean, there, you know, just even with the wipes, there's a funny story with just with the wipes because I can't. You know, it was like I figured out. You know, we, how do we do this? We, we, uh, remember the very first time we ran a cut for Roger, and the mark goes by. And Roger goes, what's that? Is it dissolve? And they go, no, that's a wipe. And he goes, oh, wipes are old fashioned. And they go, no, Roger, you know, Star Wars has, is filled with wipes, which right, not filled right. with wipes, but it has wipes. Yeah, but no, it has a lot of it. I was, yeah, when yeah. you were saying that earlier, that it was like kind of an old technique, I was like, well, it's all over Star Wars, but right. yeah. Right. Now, every time I asked Roger earlier on in the project, you know, Roger, have you seen Star Wars? Oh, yes, 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 yes. And then, and as we're going along, I realize it. Well, the way he's responding, he clearly hasn't seen Star Wars <laughs> because we're we're doing stuff to because of Star Wars. And right. he's like, "Well, why is that there? Why is that there? Why is that there?" 
So finally, I sat down. We had a black and white dupe of Star Wars, you know, that we had borrowed a print from Fox, ran it over to uh, one of the duping houses, made a quick black and white dupe, and we kept that in the cutting room. And that was our reference. You know, we would every now and then we would put up a reel and, well, how did they do it? You know, and, and I would I would sit with the visual effects person and say, now look at that. How can we do something like that? Um, so anyway, so I run reel one of Star Wars for Roger and the crawl, right? So the crawl mm -hmm. comes up and Roger's like, he grabs the screen of the movieola and goes, my God, they, they explain the whole movie right there. You know, it's like, <laughs> it's like, right, okay, Roger, you have not seen Star Wars. Right, all right, right. All right. Okay. From the jump, he, he admits that he hasn't seen it. <laughs> he hasn't seen it. So, you know, and I show him, you know, the, you know, there's a wipe, there's a wipe, there's a wipe, there's a wipe. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. So do your wipes. Okay. Fine. So he, he climbed but, but, off. Yeah. But in, in one, just to scoot back to uh, Escape from New York real quick. One thing yes. you guys did do when it comes to not opticals is that you did do a lot of the effects. And you actually physically built them because I think there's been a lot made of the fact that there was instead of when when Snake Plissken is flying into New York and he's seeing on the screen a digital New York, it's actually not a digital New York. It's a model. And there's yes. you have a picture on your IMDb page of you like behind the physical yes. model, which is so cool. Yes. And which, you know, was literally it's it's photographs cut out and glued on Apple boxes and shoe boxes and wow. and shipping you know shipping boxes it's just you know bob and denny skotak they just took you know made an arrange of heights took photo we had all these photographs we went to new york we took a whole bunch of photographs of all kinds of buildings in new york and then just printed them up cut them cut them out glued them onto the side of these things arranged it something to look you know we had a reference photograph of of downtown New York, you know, looking towards the battery and they, they just arranged it all to, to mimic that. And that was it. And my favorite wow. part of the shot was we have the, sh we have a POV shot moving across New York Harbor towards Manhattan. And I remember when we showed the shot to John Carpenter and he just, he just loved it. He just jumped and said, wow, that's great. how did you do the water? And I said, ah, you know, you don't want to know, John. No, no, no. How'd you do the water? And then Dean Cundy was the DP and he was sitting there and he says, oh, so you just, you just, uh, you did a split screen, right? And he go, no, not quite. And, you know, and I really did not want to answer them because I knew you never, it's, it's like a magician. You, you don't want right, to give away the right. guy. Right. And they just kept on me and kept on, he kept on me. And I said, well, let's look at the next shot. And he said, no, 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 no. We're not doing anything until you tell us how you did the water. <laughs> it's like all right fine okay but the shot's a buy correct he said oh yeah 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 no we bought the shot we bought the shot this is okay good all right all we did was we took black paint painted the floor of the of the of the space as the paint got tacky we took a dry roller paint roller and rolled it over the tacky paint to make have it to break up the surface of that. Then you took we took a 10K light and put mm -hmm. it in the back up high, backlighting it. So you get this little reflection yeah. off the top. Put the camera on a big two by four, 
on a wagon and then just push it slowly across across wow. the floor. And as the oh. camera's moving across the floor, the, the, the ripples in the paint surface make the light dance. So you think you're you're moving over rippled water. This is what Bob and Danny Skotek, they they you know I can't take credit for it. This is their it was sure. their baby. Sure. That was their baby. And uh I was just I just thought it was wonderful. It was like a perfect magic trick. Yeah. Sure. And I, I, I and, and, I, and I finished time and then John Carpenter says, run it again. And we run the shot again. I said, I'm waiting for, okay, here we go. You know, re rejected, you know, and, he's, and, he's, and he's, the shot's over and he's like sitting there really like that. And he says, all right. I wish you hadn't told me how you did it because now I can <laughs> see it. But I, I, said, I, I said it's a buy and okay, it's a buy. That's it. Okay, fine. I can um, say that I have, like Ryan, I, I think you can agree. We've watched mm -hmm. that scene over a hundred times. I mean, yes. We spent a summer watching Escape from New York every other day. Yeah. And we would. From a, a summer from school. Every other school, day we watched that movie. We watched that movie. Every like watch time we would watch yes. that movie. Every, like every other day. Other day. Yeah. And I have <laughs> thought about that scene. Uh-huh. Because knowing that, you know, it's not really Manhattan and like how they get that. And I would have never put together that that's how it came to be. I've thought of many other ways it could have right. been done, but I'm also probably thinking about it from a more modern filmmaking computer perspective. Mm -hmm. But it is a beautiful shot. It and is. It looks, it looks amazing. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, some of the shots too, I'm looking in the book and I know Cameron like started even a battle beyond the stars. He was doing a lot of the like front projection paintings and stuff. And I know that he was quite a good artist. A lot of people have always said this about, I don't know him. I don't know about this about him personally, but I know a lot of people have said he's quite the artist and seeing just in this book, him doing the projection of when they drop the supplies down, and the whole back part of it outside of that green field is a matte painting. Yes. And I'd never, I'd never, I mean, I knew that it wasn't shot in New York. I mean, I knew right. all that, but like, I didn't understand that was a matte. I mean, I just didn't realize that was a matte painting shot. Yes. I just never thought that. I remember it. when, I remember um, we were getting ready to do, to do that shot. It was, a, it was about a week or so before we were doing the shot. And I knocked on the door to Jim's office. I open the door and Jim is sitting in the chair and he has the Raymond Fielding book, The Technique of Special Effects. <laughs> he's and he's reading, and I'm going, glass shots, huh? And he looked up at me with a kind of smile and said, Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right, yeah. good. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean it is an old it's an old trick, but yep. man, is it effective? Yeah. I mean it and, and all the know... buildings, those were those were photographs. We went to New York. We stood in the middle of Greenwich, I mean, um, of Central Park, and we sort of like looked south, south to west, and we just took a whole series of uh, two by two camera negative shots, and then uh, got them, uh, got them printed, blew them up, he cut them out, sat on the glass, just arranged them on the glass, and then. Uh, the trick was the light pole mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so that we would have in the foreground, there is a lamppost, 
a New York style lamppost that comes yes. up. Mm -hmm. And so that, that was to anchor the shot. Yep. Um, yeah. And so the, we knew the people would be in the field. We shot it out at Sepulveda Dam. <laughs> wow. yeah. I would have yeah. never so, guessed. So we're yeah. on the other side. We're on the other side of Sepulveda Dam. The the matte painting is mounted on the downslope from mm -hmm. the top of Sepulveda Dam, where it slopes down to a field. So we're up. We're up there. And uh, and then Jim is Jim had a had a, a walkie talkie tied into the uh, lead pilot of the helicopters. And they kind of just did a, a, a quick rehearsal to figure out if you cut you you know there there was a there was a, a gap in the buildings and that that's where the helicopters have to come through. So you have to kind of arrange and it's what so looks like they're coming out from a from behind the building and making a turn and then flying out over the field. Right. Um, and uh, I think I think we did two takes. I'm trying to I'm trying to wow. remember. Holy I think that. we did two takes. And I remember, uh, you know, we, we got the dailies and uh, ran it for uh, for John Carpenter and the film editor and Dean Cundy. And they just, you know, jumped out of their chairs. They were just so excited because I remember the film editor said, you know, so, you know, you know I've, I've done shows with, uh, with, um, with, with Doug Trumbull. And my God, you know, a matte painting would take, you know, four months before we would even get e even a test composite you know mm -hmm. and here you here, here it's done here you go you got <laughs> it's done yeah um yeah it's like a, it's also like almost second a little second unit thrown in there too with oh, the way boy. the whole shot's done because you've got the whole helicopter the whole bit i mean that's yes. incredible incredible yes. when new world gets sold you just became a freelance editor right you didn't stay with well i was like, still a freelance editor all this time oh okay you know, so this whole I, time I was, I was not on staff, so if if, okay. if, they, if the show ended, that was it, you know, un unless okay. they had another show for me to go on to. Because when we talked to Tony, he said that once Roger sold New uh, New World, he went on to Millennium, which is what the initial uh, company, what Roger right. called his initial company, as he was still making movies to be distributed by New World. But um, but he stayed with him, and then he went back to New World when he got hired to be the head of post production. Right, and. So you were then doing other things like Hambone and Hilly, which ends up actually being distributed by New World. Anyway. <laughs> New World, yes, yes. <laughs> which and which you know, you know, again, Hambone and Hilly. Okay, Sandy Howard produces that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. There's a series of four or five movies that were all made at the at the same time, all produced right. by Sandy Howard. Howard, all because. Sandy Howard owed Sean Connery a million dollars from Meteor. And Sean Connery, by the mid-80s, was tired of waiting for his million dollars and apparently said in no uncertain terms to Sandy Howard, you better pay me by X or you're in big trouble. And, and so Sandy somehow pulled together this plan of getting some financing to make these five films and his production fee for all five films would be a certain amount of money that would total a million dollars so that he could pay. She could pay Sean him. Connery. Yeah. Not to break his legs. 
Um, so wow. Hambone and Hilly, which is the story of a dog who travels across the country to get back to his owner, was yeah. made to pay Sean Connery money that he owed him from Meteor. From Meteor. So when I when I listen to your podcast on Meteor, it's like, oh yeah, look at how all these things crisscross and unbelievable. Unbelievable. No, did, did City Limits fall into that at all? No. Okay. No, not at all. City Limits is, is the same people that did Android. Uh-huh. Right. Their second movie, yeah. Yeah. Yes, which was originally for Roger. Mm-hmm. And yep. Roger was going to, you know, first per, uh, plan to distribute it. And uh, then I think they only uh, got to a screening stage, essentially, right? Yes. And then, and then, and then they they found money from some Chicago-based backer, and right. they bought the film from Roger, and they launched a, a new company, and they were going to release it themselves. That was Barry Opper and uh, and Rupert Harvey. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so they pulled together, and Aaron Lipstadt was involved with them, who was the right. director of Android and also yeah. director of City Limits. So yeah, City Limits becomes the second project that they do. But that and he was, had started out Aaron Lipstadt as like he was a, what a PA right on uh, a Battle Beyond the Stars and yes you know he, he shows up around Battle towards the uh, yeah somewhere in the period of Battle Beyond the Stars. At first he was like he was he was interviewing Roger for some term paper or an article or a magazine or a book or something, and then and then he just hangs around and and starts <laughs> getting work. And uh, did he get a jacket? I think he did. <laughs> I think he did. I think okay. Aaron did because Aaron tended to hang out at the lumberyard. Right. Right. You know, so As we ever get to talk to I, if we ever get to talk to Aaron, we're we're gonna have to ask where his jacket is. If he's exactly. Still got that I, ask him where his jacket. Yeah. Lumberyard <laughs> yeah. had way better swag. <laughs> yeah, very much so. <laughs> you didn't get that kind of cool swag in Brentwood. Nope. <laughs> no. Somewhere somewhere around the time between Galaxy Terra and Android, we had a, a softball game between Brentwood and the Lumberyard. And Roger was the referee. Roger was the umpire. Of course. Okay. Okay. <laughs> sure. And, and of course, and so he shows up with uh, dark sunglasses and a blind man's cane. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and plants himself behind the, behind the plate. And, you know, and anyway. Uh, that's great. Uh, I, th- um, I think I think Brentwood won. Actually, I think beat the beat beat the Umberland. No, no, I they didn't. Be... I, I'm rooting for you guys. Like yeah, they okay. didn't win. They never. Well, uh, the fix the fix might have been in on that one. Yeah, it, it may have been. I don't know, but it was a it was a, it was a fun game. Um, so it seems like this was the thing you want to talk about the least, but maybe I'm wrong. We're going to talk about how it comes to Frogtown. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> buckle up <laughs> buckle up yeah it's gonna be a bumpy night yeah all right so so tony randall's in the executive in charge for this one right i i guess so i never quite didn't quite understand the 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 hierarchy yeah because it's on this it well here's my understanding and i and i asked because i know tony i just re just watched it like the other night uh, again and it, it has he's thanked at the credits yeah. at the end of the credits. Um, this is a movie that started out in uh, as a product for VHS because Donald Jackson had done two movies for New World Video. Um, I like to hurt people and Rollerblade. Uh, Rollerblade, a movie that I used to put on at parties when I 
living in college just just to have something in the background so people would be like what is that um <laughs> i was like that's rollerblade <laughs> and i was like and then people would sit down and be like i don't understand what this is <laughs> And I was like, I know, I don't either. And I, I watched it with the sound on. I don't know either. So, but that did very well for New World. So then they wanted another idea. And so they wrote Hell Comes Frogtown. The story goes that Robert Remy, either his, I've read it two ways, his wife or his secretary read it and was like, this is fantastic. And then he read it and said, let's do it theatrically. And then they brought you in to be a co-director and they brought in a producer as well from New World to kind of help guide the production. Well, I remember getting a call in December of 86 and I was being asked to be the supervising film editor on Hell Comes to Frogtown. But the condition was the reason why I was being called a supervising film editor is that we would have to hire another film editor who would do the actual film editing because okay. I was going to be on the set uh, guiding, okay. guiding the director, Donald Jackson, to make sure that this thing would cut together because they did not have confidence <laughs> that he could block and break down and put together something that mm -hmm. would be commercially acceptable. Right. I mean, and and I, you knew, you knew Donald from, because he had worked during the Corman era, right? Or... Yeah, but I, I didn't really know him very well. He's someone I saw. He was someone I saw around there on the lumber yard. Because he worked. Popping in uh, and out. I think he and Randall Frakes worked like night crew where they would help set up the shots for the Skotak brothers to then shoot the right. next day. Right. So, right. So I didn't see too much of him. Sure. Uh, okay. As a result. Um, so anyway, so I get this call and I turn it down. And they call back and they offer it again. And I turn it down again. And then they call back again a few days later and they offer it again. Only now it's okay. You're supervising film editor and you're a co-director. And it's like, you know, guys, I don't want to do this. I just, I don't want to do this. And it seemed like the more I kept saying no, the more they kept upping the, ant, you know, well, we'll give you this. And we'll give right. you this. And we'll give you this. And we'll give you this. So finally I said, uh, all right, you know, for, forget the supervising film. We'll just be co-director. Let's just, let's just keep it, let's, let's just keep it simple. And so I had to had take a meeting with Don Jackson and say, okay, can we work okay. together? Sure. So he had an office over at the Television Center in Hollywood, if you know where that is. Uh, it's on Santa Monica Boulevard and Coenga. Okay. You know? okay. Oh, sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. So it's the old Technicolor building mm -hmm. where we're Technicolor, yeah. the old Technicolor yep. lab building. Um, so I go in and there's it's uh, uh, it's at night. Because I I was I was uh, I was doing a sound editing job. I picked up three weeks of work uh, with Dave Udall, who was the sound editor on Battle Beyond the Stars. So I had picked okay. up three weeks of work helping out on another show. And uh, so I finished the I, 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 when I finished my day there, I went drove down to meet with Don, and I'm I'm walking down this hallway, and there's like it's it's empty. The place is empty. It's eight o'clock at night. Place is empty. 
And all I'm hearing is rock and roll music, you know, from from way down the end of the hallway. And there's this one little light peeking out from a door way down at the end. And I figure, okay, that must be where I'm going. So go down there, you know, meet, there's Don. Okay, now we're, you know, we form, we, he recognizes me. I recognize him. You know, I say, oh yeah, you're the guy over on the, on the lumber yard. Oh, you were the night crew. Okay. Yeah, that, uh, um, and then he sits down and proceeds to tell me the story of how hell comes to Frogtown came about. Okay. The whole time, not looking at me once. <laughs> not a good so, thing. So I'm sitting <laughs> directly opposite him. And the whole time he's, he's doing, making, doing everything he can to avoid eye contact. Yep. So, and he tells me this long involved story of, you know, grunt of the movie to, to I like to hurt people to demon lover, the demon lover diary to, you know, and he tells it's like, it's his life story. He's just mm -hmm. going on this whole thing. And how, and then we're at, now we're at Frogtown. And the only way I'm going to make Frogtown is I have to agree to work with you. And it's like, mm. okay, so what do you want to do? <laughs> and, <laughs> this was a long road to a simple answer yeah. of a question yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so I said well if this is what I got to do then I guess this is what I got to do and it's like okay alright fine well uh, you tell Tony I'll tell Tony and we'll take it from there <laughs> could have saved a lot of time if you just had to ask that up front <laughs> yes anyway so uh, and, and then it just kept it just kept getting weirder and weirder and weirder and weirder. And you know, you know, Don is no longer with us, and um, but he was an odd duck. Let's just put it that way. He was a very odd duck. Yeah, and, it's, and it's certainly a difficult way to start into a creative partnership. Yes, and you know, and again, we you know, I you know the the script of Frogtown that was given to me at that time. I'm reading this thing and it's like, how much are we, how much are you going to spend on this? Because this is not that dollar figure. Right. This is it, two or three times that dollar figure. So was it the initial draft that Randall had written? I, it was, it was one of the initial draft. I have no idea. Okay. You know, it was a draft that Randy had written. I have no idea how many versions there okay. there, there were okay. before that. That's all I know. And there was, they had gotten Brian Chin, who was another bat, old Battle Beyond the Stars guy, who he did a comic strip uh, illustration mm -hmm. of the first, of the first scene, first few scenes of the story. So he had a graphic representation of it. Um, and it was an okay story, you know, as, as these things go. Uh, very derivative. And, um, but it's like, okay, you want to make this, let's go, let's go make this. But you know, what are we, what are we talking about? And sure enough, it started off at 3 million. Then it got cut down to two and a half. Then it got cut down to two. Then, it, you know, it finally got cut down to one and a half. And that's, that's kind of where it stayed. Okay. And, and so we, we had to go back to Randy and we had to have the script rewritten because we said, we can't shoot that for one and a half. There's no way. And Randy kept saying, well, do what Jim does, Jim Cameron. Just do what <laughs> right, he does, which right. is just 
start shooting it, spend the money, they'll see you only got a quarter of the way through, and they'll give you more money. And I just said, that won't work with this crowd. <laughs> we'll just get a quarter of it shot, and, and then the plug will be pulled, and that's that. Right. <laughs> And it, you oh. had had you worked to the to for the new regime on you had done a few things obviously you had done Hellraiser but the new yeah but I new... but I had no dealings with them right I had no so, dealings and, with them and after like Godzilla so you had done Godzilla but you hadn't really like you didn't direct anything or or do anything else for them up until right. this point up until this point yes so, okay uh, so I really didn't know I didn't really I couldn't say with certainty how they would behave to a situation like that sure. other other than that uh they seem to be taking a page from Roger's book you know which is well this is this is all we got to spend mm -hmm. and i had worked for enough independent companies to know that you know uh you, you can't play that you can't play the jim cameron game with it with those with those type of companies they got they right. got whatever money they got and that's it and when and when you use that up you're done mm -hmm. so you want to you want to get the movie done finished within that parameter or forget it um jim did what he did on terminator but you know it was it was budgeted for six million they started at six million so when he needed another half a million or three quarters of a million yeah. to get the thing finished, well, you're dealing with a company that that had access to to, to raising the resources to do that. Mm -hmm. If you're dealing with someone like Crown International or 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 Roger or you know even even Canon to that extent, if you if you if if you are too far away from the from the finish line. They're just going to walk away. Yeah, I mean, and, and or, they, or they get rid of they get rid of you, and then get somebody in to replace you and say you got two hundred fifty thousand dollars. Finish it. Also, when you have five million dollars and you're asking for another two hundred fifty thousand percentage wise, yeah. If you're starting at a million, that's a significant. A two hundred fifty thousand is a lot of money. Yes, but at five million, you're like. Uh, it's it's a much yeah. smaller percentage. We already had a lot of right. skin in the game. It's not a big yes. deal. Yes. So, but but they'd also dealt with Don Jackson, who had made two films for them. One of which I like to hurt people. He had already mostly shot and done already on his own in Detroit. And so they bought those and made those, or helped him finish that that documentary, and then gave him the money for Rollerblade. Not much, not big budgets at all. Yeah. And so like they made money on it, but it wasn't like they made millions and millions of right. dollars so right. to give him to just say we'll just keep throwing money at the rollerblade guy is probably a risky proposition yes rollerblade was one hundred fifty thousand. right all in wow right right start to finish all in hundred fifty thousand. well now we're suddenly him. talking that look, that now look, we're talking great for that <laughs> now you're talking about oh let's go let's spend a million and a half with yeah, this right. guy right yeah. Okay. That's a lot. That's a lot. Yeah. And they're like, you've made the, your movies for 150,000. So this should, you should be great. This is literally 10 times that you should be great. Yeah. 
So yeah. uh, the problem is, uh, when I look back on Frogtown, is they should, if they really wanted to make the movie, they should have just done, okay, go to Jackson, say, here's what you got. We'll give you $300,000. And now go do that. Yeah. Make make that script. You go make that script for three hundred thousand dollars, and we'll and we'll distribute it. Um, but to suddenly, you know, as soon as they said, "Oh, we're gonna we're gonna do this theatrically," right? Now we're talking thirty five millimeter. We're now talking, you know, you know, SAG actors. <laughs> we're now we're blowing this thing up into right. mainstream, right? You know, almost you know, movie of the week type type production uh and you, you have a guy who is not ready for that yeah. you know frankly yeah, yeah. i wasn't ready for it i sure. wasn't even ready for it so it was it, it was a a, a a pretty ridiculous situation and again like battle beyond the stars is nobody agreed with well, what what is what are we making yeah right what okay. is the tone? What's the tone of this? What's the attitude of this? What's the what's the theme? What's the, you know? It's like, you know, are are we going to are we going to is the point of the film to be Road Warrior, or is the point of the film to be something else? I mean, what are we trying to do here? Right. Yeah. And it, it yeah. just seemed to be well, we're we're making a movie, and it's a movie about <laughs> frogs, and it's frogs against people. <laughs> and, and, and it's and it's guns and it's guys with guns and they're fighting against frogs and, and it's gonna be great yeah <laughs> okay yeah. okay right right and we gotta okay we gotta do a post-nuclear landscape and we're in la county okay <laughs> right in the 30 mile zone okay here we go yeah yeah and you did go to vasquez rocks for yes we did <laughs> yes we did and you worked with uh, William uh, William Smith, who William Smith, yeah, who was in one of New World's very first movies, Angels Die Hard. Okay, way back that was a biker way, movie. Way back, back yeah, nineteen seventy. Okay, so yeah, so. we had yeah we had we had, uh, we had an okay cast. I mean, as a cast, yeah. as the cast goes, you know. Yeah. Did you did that. you were you there for the casting sessions or was oh, that, yes. okay? Oh yes, oh yes. All the casting sessions, um, and uh, and again, there were all kinds of compromises that we had to do that because there were actors who would come in that would, you know, uh, it's the usual game. You say, you know, uh, the the part pays X amount for this much time. Yeah, and then you know they get the you know we'd say, okay, we like your reading, we want to go and say, okay, well now I want twice as much money for you know said, so, well we can't afford it. Right. And and then they and then they look shocked and they say, But but you like me, right? You like my reading, right? You like you want me, right? And go, yeah, but not at that price. Yeah. Uh, Did you where was I understood that it was uh Don Jackson's idea for Roddy Piper. Was that it was not his idea. You know, the original okay. the original uh person that they were pushing was uh uh Tim Thomerson. Right, right. Mm. That's who they were pushing. And it was Tony who said, there is no way in hell that we're allowing another, we've made two movies or three movies with Tim Thomerson already. Mm -hmm. 
and they've all tanked and we're not going to we're not going to sink any more money into a tim thomerson movie right so <laughs> then it became you know you know uh, i remember i remember don coming to me so well, well now well you know, now who should we get you know sure. mm -hmm. i said well we're just going to have to start casting we're just going to have to start looking around yeah. and um uh, i don't know how roddy came to us but he came to us and it came down to between Roddy and another guy. Um, he was a, 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 had an Italian name. Uh, he was popular at the time, but, but television popular. Hmm. Uh, um, but, but I think then, it's posted on the IMDB trivia page for the, for the film. Oh, okay. uh, it, um, can't remember the guy's name now. But it was, between it the down, two of them, it was sort of a blue sky higher. So they weren't like targeting Roddy. They were just like, uh, he happened to come yeah. in, he tested well, and they're like, hey, he could be the right about, person. He could be the right person, yes. And 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 once his name came up, then Don got very in, enthusiastic about it. Oh, wow, yeah, Roddy, yeah, we can get him. He'd be great. So Steve White was the head of production at New World at the time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And he was pushing for Daniel Stern. And so I had to, all right. So I had to take uh, Don and I had to take a meeting with Daniel Stern. Oh. And that didn't we were kind of we were we both exhibited a reluctance about Daniel Stern. And the next day I was called by Tony and said, You gotta take another meeting with Daniel Stern by yourself. So I go in, uh, it was at New World's office there on in West LA. And I go in and I there's Dan and we and Dan says, you know, I I I know that the, the other guy doesn't seem to know very much. So suddenly yeah. it's, it's suddenly it's this, you right. know, okay, divide and conquer kind of thing. Mm -hmm. You know, all right. And he's then and, and Dan's going along about, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'll take a kind of a smoky kind of voice. I'll do it with a smoky voice because this is a guy who's out on the frontier all the time and he's around dust and dirt. And so I'll, I'll talk like this. And, uh, you know, and it was all okay. He was doing, you know, a, a decent interpretation of stuff. Had a good read on the character. Yeah. And then he says, but this whole ECR thing that I have to wear, <laughs> I don't want to do that. Can we make that like a like a a bracelet or a necklace thing that she tightens and chokes me a little bit, and, you know? Because that that whole you know electronic cock ring thing, I don't want to have. Uh, that, 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 that that's no good. <laughs> and changes the story just a little bit. Just, just a, a little bit. <laughs> and so you know, I'm 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 I make some non-committal noises, and uh, I. <laughs> I leave, you know, I leave the meeting, but in my, as I'm driving back to the production office, I'm, I, I make up my mind. Well, you know, the, the, no, you know, sure. and I make the, and I, I call Tony and I basically said, look, if you're adamant about Daniel Stern, then I am adamant that I will not be involved in any way, shape or form. Because if we're going to do this movie, then do the movie. If right, we start making right, change, yeah. if we start doing this kind of, I don't want to do this. It's kind mm -hmm. of like the old uh, the story yeah. that was uh, 
uh, when uh, when Tim Burton wanted Nicolas Cage to play Superman. Right. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tim Burton was going to, and he wanted Nicolas Cage. Yep. To, and Nicolas Cage's response was, "Okay, but do I have to wear the suit?" Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> you know, if that's what you're thinking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, you 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 kind of need to be in the suit, Nick. Yeah, it's kind of a it's kind of a thing. It's, it's <laughs> the deal. It's it's yeah. the deal. It's it's yeah. it, was, it was like when when the, the the head of Fox when they did the Daredevil movie, and he he hated the horns on the on the hel- on the little on the helmet, and he's like, "Can we get rid of the horns?" And it's like, "It's Daredevil." <laughs> I mean, what what are you? What the hell? Yeah. It's yeah, not totally. just it's not dare it's not dare guy it's not dare man <laughs> dare devil. Uh, so so it came between Roddy and I I, I looked this up Ed Marinaro that's who it was from Hill Street Blues yes that's okay. that's who our choices were okay. and I remember I remember the casting director looked to me it's like as what always happened was. Every all the established people would look to me as like, okay, you're the adult in the room. We're going to trust you to make the right decision, the right decision. And I come back and it says, well, if it's between those two, we have to go with Roddy. And I'm just thinking, you know, and the, the casting person's face just falls. You know, it's like, you know, what, what, what? It says because it's marketing. No one's going to come to see a movie called Hell Comes to Frogtown starring Ed Marinaro. Right. You know, mm-hmm. No matter how good of an actor he might be, right. nobody's going to come to see that. But if you go, Roddy, Rod, you know, Roddy, Roddy Piper is Hell mm-hmm. Comes to Frogtown, you got an audience. Yeah. You got, right. a, chance, you got a chance at an audience. So, so we got to go with Roddy. Did, were, were you responsible for helping getting him some acting classes to kind of like get him? That was that... all New World. Oh, really? That was all. Did you feel? Did you feel that he needed acting classes, or was that just? That? I felt I felt he needed a, a, an acting coach for a couple of days. Okay. Okay. You know, just mm-hmm. get him through. like get him coached up, get him ready, get him, yeah. get him kind of prepped. You know, he's he's a he's a performer. But just yeah, sure. But yeah. it's not it's not the wrestling ring. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, but he we, just needs to like change that like yeah. mindset a little bit. But yeah, he's already tone, an actor. Right. Tone him down a touch because yeah. you can't do the wrestling thing on camera because it's too damn big. Right. You gotta just take it down to t- take it down a notch. Tell him to watch Raiders of the Lost Ark a couple of times. You know, <laughs> watch Harrison Ford. Kind of note, you know, the sort of sly smile here and there, you know, but what you can do with the raised eyebrow, you know, that's all it is. It's just, just some simple, simple stuff, acting, some simple acting tricks about how you, when you walk in a room, you know, you know, how do you clock the room or how do you clock the character? It's, it's that kind of stuff. And that's all I expected. Instead, yeah. we got an acting coach who was there the whole time. Right. And by day two, Neil, who was the producer, <laughs> the second producer, we had so many producers on that film, <laughs> who came on and who, you know, pulled me aside and said, don't talk to Roddy anymore. You confuse him. So, so... <laughs> The acting coach, the acting coach will be his coach. Oh, no. 
Oh boy. And I said, oh, oh, no. oh, okay. All right, fine. All right. I won't talk to Roddy anymore. Now I understand that there's a uh, an interview that Roddy does a, a commentary on the British Blu-ray of right. Frog Pass, right? Where he says, you know, I oh I know I I think RJ didn't like me because he wouldn't talk to me much. And it's like oh, oh, no. I was ordered not to talk to him. <laughs> right. I was instructed right. not to talk to him. Okay. So, well, that's hilarious. I like him just fine, but yeah, he turned into huh. like he was such a great actor. Like I, I really appreciated like his role in in Hell Comes to Frogtown as as well as his other roles. Like I, I mean, it's he's uh, very good in They Live. Of course, he's he's he kills it in They Live. I, I, it's which he got because of Hell Comes to Frogtown. Yeah. Yes. So anyway, it's it was yeah again Frogtown has it's a. You know, just like Battle Beyond the Stars is a misbegotten collection of of a, of, of near misses, uh, you know, Frogtown's the same way because it it got it very clearly became uh, Don insisted on being the DP. Okay, and, and uh, we we shot the first six days we shot with Don as the DP, and it was very clear that he was in way over his head. Mm-hmm. Mm. And so by uh, the seventh day, we had replaced him with a union who's agreed to work non-union, but a union DP. Mm. And um, the, the the quality of the camera work picked up immensely. Yeah. And so so how did you guys split the directing duties? Like you were, I was it just catch, just catch can or? We, we would just, we would just discuss the shot. And then it was like, you know, I would say, well, what if we started here and we go down and as he moves there, we pan across and follow him there. And you go, oh, yeah, that's good. Good, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's going to be great. It's going to be great. Yeah, yeah. Let's do that. So it was, <laughs> that, that, that's how we divided the directing duties. <laughs> was wow. he allowed to talk to Roddy or was? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what he, he, he would chit chat with him, but he would not discuss the scene with him. Okay, but he would, you know, in between shots, he would chit chat. Also, when you went to talk with him, was it Roddy or Rowdy? Like, which which would you start with? I it was Roderick. Thought... He's an actor, Mark. It yeah. was Roderick. Yes. <laughs> Roderick. Yes. It, it was, was rambunctious Roderick. Roderick his acting it was, name. It was. All, I always talked to him as Roddy. Okay. It was well, always Roddy. No, I would be like, is it Mister Roddy and and? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay, fair. The only time, Mr. The only Roderick. Time, the only time I I would talk to him as address him as Rowdy was when we were doing some kind of big action, sure action thing where he sure. where he, where I wanted him to be big. Yeah. He had he had to get into that big persona. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, but that was the only time I would do that. Uh, and the, all the other times it was Roddy. Uh, there was also a story that I think Randall Frakes talks about where he said he wanted there's an opening sequence to the movie he wanted to shoot that i think it was a scene where sam hell is is captured and he's it involves motorcycles and he talked to jim jim he and jim cameron were friends but uh, i'm sure you also knew jim though as well uh from working on with, with him so many times but he said that jim said he would offer to pay for the sequence as long as he would then get his money back at the end, but he would put up the money because New World didn't want to put up any more money, as we were discussing. It, does that—that's that... the, the first I've heard of that. Oh. 
Okay. Okay. All right. What had, what had happened? There was the there was a, the the opening scene of um, where uh, Ronnie is being interrogated by William Smith. Mm-hmm. And the original scene was written as a back forth dialogue between the two of them. And at the very, very close to the start of photography, Tony came to me and said, we don't like that scene. <laughs> okay. And I go, well, what don't you like about it? And he's like, I, we just don't like it. Can you do something with it? So I said, well, okay, well, let me, let me, and I just kind of, during the night, I wrote up a, a different way to go with the scene, uh, which was more, of William Smith does all the talking at first and Roddy is, is, is silent for a good part of it. And I turned that in and they said, Oh, we like that. We like that much better. Let's, we're going to shoot that. So suddenly that, that becomes, that gets swapped, puts into the script and that gets sent to the actors. Uh, then the day before we were supposed to start shooting, Randy says, I got to talk to you. And he pleads with me to put, the original version of the script. Let's shoot the original. I don't care what New World wants. Shoot the original version of the script because it's better. And I'm as he's doing this, I'm trying to figure out a way of a way. Can I can I shoot both? Can I shoot right. one again? Can I can I shoot both? Can I can I can I try to maybe pull this off? And uh, I went to there the first day with the intention of trying to find a way to shoot both versions. And then very quickly uh, realized that I'm only going to be able to shoot one version. And the version that New World approved is the rewrite version. And so that's what I'm going to just stick with because I was having enough trouble with Don and his uneven camera work as it was. Mm -hmm. And it's like, all right, I don't want to add another complication into this. Yeah. Then I have to, you know, go to Roddy's acting coach and say, can he learn this other version very quickly? And <laughs> right. And, he and run do that two and, versions. Yeah. And, and it just, it just, then so the whole idea just quickly fell apart and yeah. wound up with the, with the rewrite version. And I will admit that Randy's original version, I think was, was much better. Uh, we, we really should have stuck with that. I don't know what new world had a problem with. I don't know why they had a problem with it. Well, Randy did get fired midway through the shoot, so I think he had a lot of back and forth with New World, right? So he wasn't fired as he, a producer. He was a producer. I thought he was a it. producer. Well, Th- he, this is he, what he says. He said he yeah. was fired. Midway well, maybe through. maybe he was. See, there's a lot of stuff going on that I don't know about. <laughs> okay, okay, fair. That's fair. Because there's, you know, there's we had there there were two or three producers. You know, so we're off shooting and there are two or three producers back at New World. And, you know, so there, whatever was going on back there, I had never, never found out. Okay. Know. Okay. Um, we, we had, we had nothing but crises all the time. We would lose locations, locations would fall out. Oh, uh, you know, it, it just, you know, you, you'd get there and find out that the permit wasn't issued, you know, it, it move the caravan. Let's go find another place. Let's go over here. Um, where was the area that you shot that was what what ended up being Frogtown? Where where was that location? Frog Frogtown is Fontana. 
It is the old mm. Kaiser steel plant, okay. which, had, which had gone out of business and had been mm. sold to mainland China. And they were in the process of dismantling the whole steel plant to ship it to China. Wow. So that's what made it a great location because sure. it was in, in a kind of half-built, half-unbuilt state. Yeah. Wow. What Randy showed up at that location. And I remember he he says, there's a great spot, camera spot. Put the let's follow me and I'll show you where we should shoot this shot. And we start walking across this field. And there's all this yellowy powder all over the field. And the DP stops and he goes. This is asbestos. This is powdered asbestos. Oops. Yeah. Oh. And I, we, we stop and I go, Randy. And he goes, what? And he says, we're not going. Come back. No, it's just over. No, we're not going. Come back. Get out of here. We all oh, get back onto the dirt. Uh, we get the, we get the, the PA gets a bunch of brushes and we are carefully brushing off our, our clothes and our shoes Oof. and everything. And it's like, right. Stay on the stay on the road. Don't go wandering off. If you see this yellowy powder stuff, you are you're in danger. So yeah. oh, no. uh, wow. Good thing you're okay. Yeah, that's scary. <laughs> so if it wasn't hard enough. <laughs> yes. Goodness. And yeah. then, you know, and then the other part, you know, of Frogtown is uh we're up behind Magic Mountain. Uh oh. Ventura. Mm-hmm. All right. The old, no, yeah. Valencia. Valencia, Valencia, pardon me. Yeah. But it's it's uh, it's the it was the old Indian Dunes racetrack area. It was um, uh, Newhall Ranch is what the the location was 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 sold as. Uh, it's where the uh, Twilight Zone accident happened. Oh, oh yeah, wow! Yeah. yeah. So yeah, yeah. so the the Santa Clara River runs down, and we were up a lot of our stuff. We were up on a bluff that overlooked the river. Yeah. Uh, which was where that all that gas leak stuff mm-hmm. that happened yep. a few years ago yep, yep, that people yep, were complaining yep. about. Well, that's yep. where the mm-hmm. gas storage is. Yep. Mm. And we're, you know, we're shooting off black powder explosions on top of this, <laughs> you, know, na- you know, natural gas storage area. You know. <laughs> did you, did you actually have that explosion at, at Vasquez rocks too? Or was that like a mixing of yeah. those environments? No, we, we had, we had, we shot explosions at Vasquez rocks. Yeah. That's wow. that wow. That's and one 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 bit of debris flew up, caught a breeze, fell into some dry grass and started a fire. Oh and, no. And then, uh, luckily, luckily the fire guy saw it and quickly went over and stomped it out. But wow. Oh my goodness. <laughs> it's an adventure. Oh, <laughs> it's, really? Yeah. It's an, it's an adventure. Yeah, that's the right spirit wow. to have. Yes. So <laughs> you know, a lot of people could go uh, down a different path too, because it's it seems like you know, it just ending. you know you just you you're there to just make the day. All I all I thought about was make the day. What yeah. do I have to get shot today? Let me make sure I got it shot. That's did, all I'm trying to do. You, did you, anything get shot that didn't get used, or did you use it like up from used, the depths? So use it all. Pretty much all. I mean, if, if things that didn't get you know, we would like trim a line here or there. You know, you sure, you, sure. you trim things like that, but you know. There were no wholesale scenes that were got lopped off. Got it. There were some got scenes it. that were added in post-production that, that I thought were stupid, but you know, they 
Tony had an idea that it would it would help the movie and you know there's that there's that there's that weird television thing of the of the nurse that appears on the screen and gives mm-hmm. the kind of plot synopsis of the thing and you know it was like okay we'll try this and we we didn't really have the equipment we did not have the right stuff the 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 we didn't even have the right costume for the actress uh, we, we were it was a wing and a prayer we shot it on super vhs and then then played it back on a television set in my house and had a guy with a with an arrow camera with with the with the shutter wide open so we would we get rid of the raster line and <laughs> just filmed it off the tv set it's you know, it's just, just i kept looking at it saying, now why are we putting this in here this is, this is uh, yeah. But, yeah all right well. You know, you just get to a point where it's just one more thing. Okay, just one more thing. All right, we'll get it in. We'll get it done. We'll get it. Okay, we'll lock it. Let's go. Let's let's turn it over to sound. Let's let's get the composer in. Let's let's start getting. Well, let's just get this done. And so you finished the movie. You did get it done, <laughs> and it doesn't go to theatrical. It goes to like one theater, right? And one then, theater. And then and then basically goes to video. It goes right to video, again, which is what I told Tony at one point. You know. We were early in the shoot, and I said, "Tony, is this thing really going to go to a theater?" It says, "Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to do a theater." Is that Tony? Is this going to play anywhere? Nobody's going to book this. Well, and a theater it, did. Yeah, one theater, <laughs> one theater did. In Texas, one, the, one theater said yes, please. Yes. <laughs> did did was New World pleased with what you had done? Where I mean, I have no it? idea. I have no idea. Okay. I have no idea. And, and but you didn't get any opportunities afterwards to direct anything else from them. Was, correct. Is that true? Or that's okay. correct. That's I didn't correct. know if they had offered something to you or no. It was just it's like when it was like the film, you race, you race, you race, you get the film done, and it's like, okay, thank you, bye. Oh, yeah. It it, it was that kind of oh, all right. Oh. <laughs> all right. Real un- unceremonious <laughs> ending. You're like, yes. oh, well, all right. Is it, it did it do well on video as as well as Godzilla? I I don't think so I don't think it did okay I don't think it did uh, also because the market had changed by that time mm. you know just just yeah, in sure. that just in that two and a half years or so mm-hmm. the the whole home video market completely went downhill and that was pretty uh, crucial for a new world yes yes because and then, was- and then while we were doing the final mix, we were on the last week of the final mix on that on Frogtown. It was when we had the the, the stock market crash, mm-hmm. the eighty seven right. stock market crash, right. and that's that's what did in New World. Yep, yeah. Because they had tied up a lot of money in junk bonds or something. Oh, yeah. Bal- Balcor and, Film Investing Investment Group, which they had bought, sold these sort of bonds where people could invest, and they were not getting their money back. There was a lot of lawsuits. Yeah, and yeah, and then the stock market crashed. Yeah, stock market crashed, and that's 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 what well, you know, they had. They had to basically wipe out the company to to settle everything. Yeah, yeah. So, but you still want an opportunity to direct, though, did you not? Were you still looking to try uh, to direct? Or were well, you... I was starting to look for it because it was like, well, okay, I got one foot in the door. Let's 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 see if I can get both feet through the door. So, so just quickly, because I watched it last night, Death Ring. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which I was I really enjoyed. I'm glad you did. 
<laughs> I'm glad you did. I'm glad somebody did. Yeah. Uh, I know um, it has a fan base. It has yeah, a small fan it's, base. It's right, yeah. it's right here. Yeah. Is that the uh, the, the Kino version? The well, yeah, through Code Red, but uh, but, but yeah. purchased through Kino. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And so, did that just was that an opportunity that you thought, okay, I'm going to be able to direct a movie. Maybe I can. It's not going to just yes. be a few days. It's not going to just be this, you know, other experience. This is going right. to be, I can get to direct a movie and I can yes. finally. Yes. And then that was another thing where it was $3 million down to $2 million, down to a million and a half, down to a million and a quarter. <laughs> okay. Uh, and uh, the DP quit one week before we started shooting. Wow. And uh, quickly had to find another DP. And uh, again, another case of locations falling out, you know, having a location bought and, you know, money paid out and then showing up there and saying, no, we're not letting you shoot here. <laughs> um, so it was That's... it just turned just turned into another unpleasant, unrewarding experience. <laughs> Were you basically like, you know what? I don't like directing. <laughs> this is not. <laughs> well, I don't mind. I like directing. It's like it's everything else that goes along with it. <laughs> that, right. is, that is not pleasant. Right. You know, plus the fact that, you know, you had to get up at five o'clock in the morning. Yeah. You get to the location by six. And then they, for them to tell you that you can't shoot For them shoot to here. tell you that, no, you can't shoot here. You know, so it's like, you know. You know, yeah. I, there, there must be a better way to make a living than this. Right. So so you start doing, well, you had already done some ADR, obviously. Yes, I had already been working. Well, I had already, I, I, let's see, after, after Frogtown, uh, 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 another NYU classmate of mine, we got together, we started uh, pitching and writing screenplays. And we, we made a few sales. Nothing ever got made, but we, we did sell some scripts. Okay, uh, and then uh, then I realized um, uh, my wife and I we had a we had a child, and I realized okay, I got to get steady work. So I went into sound editing, because I knew I could pick up I could pick up steady work there, and mm -hmm. so I had I was doing uh, I was doing uh, uh, I was the ADR editor on. Um, uh, Michael Mc Michael McCulloch movie and oh that that little girl who was a hot actress at the time oh gosh how things change anyway it was early nineties and I got the phone call for Death Ring and uh, I I I left the show I went to do Death Ring and then uh, Death Ring sort of went nowhere I tried to get some other directing work for about a, a six months and then I realized okay I gotta I gotta get work. Mm -hmm. and, and then you, uh, and then i just dived into sound editing and just didn't didn't turn back didn't look and back yeah you have done a ton including did you do some dialogue editing on philadelphia experiment yes yes so so you had a little bit of that experience as well but like your resume is just like we we don't have we don't have time we would take no no no, no no but yeah. you're i mean you have done like almost i'm like oh my god this movie oh you worked on that movie oh you worked on this i mean yeah. you worked on like every movie like i mean I love Firebirds. That's a great movie. Oh yeah, Firebirds. You're uh, Digstown. I love Digstown. Oh, oh my so gosh, I love that movie. Oh good. Well, I like uh, working on that one. That one was, of the, was a fun movie to work on. 
one of the greatest twists that the twist yeah, in that movie totally. is just fantastic uh you know i was of the generation for Re- reality bites where that was a very important movie you know um to some you know i you know i have others that were more important but that's still a big one showgirls obviously uh, a wild and amazing you're, hilarious you're of day. The i'm of the generation the showgirls generation on that I mean, just I remember. Like, I remember going to see that Showgirls at the Writers Guild Theater, and it was a it was a a, a, a Writers Guild audience. It was it was their 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 movie program, and when uh, whoever the writer was, God, now I, you know, he's a famous writer. Um, yeah, Joe Esterhaus. Joe Esterhaus. When his name credit came up, the audience a huge round of applause and cheers. Because I think he was the, the first guy yeah, to get a million dollars. Million dollars, yeah. yeah. He was yes. the million dollar kid. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. They they stood up and they just gave him a big round of applause on that. Huh. Keep going. Keep, <laughs> you go, you money. go. <laughs> making that money. <laughs> uh, but then you even did like X-Men and you did you did recently like Bad Boys for Life. Like you're I mean, the Predator. I mean, yep. you've just yeah. done amazing. Uh, I mean, unbelievable lots stuff. lots of stuff yes yeah. yeah and you have a picture of you with chow yun fat on on imdb how cool yes. is that you got to exactly meet chow yes. fat and work with oh him. yes that's so twice. amazing twice really wow okay yes. got to work with him twice yes the uh, first time was um uh anna and the king yeah. oh okay yeah yeah yeah. And, yeah and i had to go to had to travel to hong kong to do his looping and amazing uh, and uh he treated me to an indian dinner and he was, he was he's a really nice man that's that so cool really that's just so a cool. really nice man super cool yeah yeah i mean yeah john woo was such a huge you know director i saw so many of the chow and fat movies i've just i you know, yes that, just i remember we, we, were, we were doing the looping on Anne and the king um because he insisted on it because he said i have to do all my english dialogue on the ADR stage, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I remember we, we you know he had you know, sheets and sheets and sheets of his ADR cues on on the lectern, and at one point he just stops and turns to me and he says, "Well, he holds up all the sheets, all this typed up one page in Hong Kong, one page, no cues, <laughs> film runs, you say your lines." One reel, one page, <laughs> go through, say all your lines, done. Move on. Wow. Wow. Amazing. Wow. <laughs> wow. Oh, RJ, thank you so much. This You're welcome. was amazing. Uh, yeah. all amazing. From, all, this long career, Astounding. all from up from the depths. Up from the depths, yes. <laughs> Something is coming up from the depths. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, I remember, you... when, I remember when I recorded the... Um, narration for the for the trailer you know i had never done that before so they say you know you know tell the actor to go to to buzzy's recording in hollywood on melrose little recording studio so i go into buzzy's we're there the voice actor walks in he was the guy that new world always used in those days maybe it was ernie gans maybe i i can't remember um comes in says hi where's the copy looks at it okay roll tape we roll 
something is coming up from the depth. Your vacation is about to end. Yeah. And I'm sitting there with my mouth on the floor, like, that sounds great. <laughs> she goes, you want anything else? And it's like, no. Okay, great. See ya. <laughs> boom, he's out the door. So one take. That's all I got. Wow. One wow. take. It, so it still sounds all you need. <laughs> I, was, think I, I was just absolutely stunned that someone could just come in and just do it. Wow. And hit all the points with the right tone and inflection and everything. I was just, I was just in, in awe. That's so cool. Do you still feel that sometimes when you go in and you see people just nailing oh, yeah. like that? Oh, yeah. yeah. There are a lot of actors that are that are just astonishing. You know, Anthony Hopkins is really good. Um you know they that they they'll just come in. You know, uh, Kathleen um, Turner, Turner yeah. from yeah, yeah. Kathleen Turner. She Di Warchowski that you yes. worked. Yeah. yeah, she was just incredible. She would just come in and like she would like oh take these four cues. We'll run them together. We'll just do it together. You know, wow. Just bang, just nail it. Wow, nail it. Wow. Take one. All right, take two for a safety. Great. Okay, we're done. Moving on. You know, wow, wow. real real good. I mean, there are a lot of. A lot of really impressive voice actors there that can just um, put an incredible amount of emotion and feeling into a, a turn of a phrase. It's 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 really awesome to watch happen. And that's it. That's our conversation with R.J. Kaiser. Thank you again to R.J. for talking with us. You, you will be hearing more from this interview, other things that uh, we talked about later on as we get to some of those movies, the other movies, because he worked such a long career. Mm -hmm. um, so we'll be catching up again with RJ down the road, but we are so grateful to him for this episode and being able to talk with him. <laughs> I, I'm telling you, like when we started this podcast, did we think we were going to be watching no. a movie like no. Up From the Depths? No. Did we think we were going to be talking to somebody oh. who worked on Up From the Depths? Hold on, 50% no. on that. I knew we'd talk about a movie. We, we've talked about Up From the Depths. Yeah, Would well, we I mean, as in it was a new world movie. Yeah. No, yeah. no, no, no. Yeah, no. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, just to, to, to be able to talk with him and, and find out about that movie, it, I, we hope you enjoyed it. We, en we had a blast. This was such a great conversation. And RJ was just an absolute blast to talk to. So much, uh, again, thanks to him. Uh, such a cool interview. Again, thanks, Tony Randall. And thank you for listening. If you like this podcast, give us a five-star review wherever you listen to the podcast. Also, visit us at newworldpicturespodcast.com. Go to the website, buy our T-shirts, read our articles. You can see all of our content. So if you want to catch up with other episodes, and you were like, I don't know how to search for these episodes. It's all on the website. It's all there. Go check us out, newworldpicturespodcast.com. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye, everybody. <laughs>